Hi, and welcome to Wild and Woke Podcast. Every Monday, we talk about true crime, conspiracies, paranormal phenomena, and everything weird or unexplained. We're your host. I'm Caroline. And I'm Susan. And let's do this. this are you going okay first are we just gonna go back and forth I think let's go back and forth but you go first because i think you highlighted in purple right i did highlight in purple yeah so you're you're up first so okay do it let me and say their name too unless they i'm pretty sure all of them i was gonna say i didn't notice that anybody said don't say their name so yeah. have it has two names and i'm not sure i don't know if Wait, both names... which one are you looking at adrian yeah Right above that, it says Linda Griffin. But oh, so Linda, um, she left me a voice message on Facebook. Okay. So it's oh, Adrian. Oh, okay. That was just your, like, I have a voice message on yeah. Facebook now. Yeah. Okay. I was like, is this Linda telling us about Adrian's story? Or <laughs> <laughs> This is Adrian telling us Adrian's story. Adrian telling us Adrian's story. Okay, Adrian, we're going to, I'm going to read your story. Adrian says, the day of my 18th birthday, I moved in with my then boyfriend. It was a four bed, two and a half bath house, almost at the center of downtown. For the sake of privacy, I'll change everyone else's names as there were a total of five of us living in the house. My boyfriend, Ryan, and our other three roommates, who we'll call Blake, Xander, and Kevin. The house had its own vibe for sure. Very dark and hostile feeling, even though there was plenty of light. By the time I'd been living with them for a few months, little things here and there would happen, but nothing was straight up scary. However, we did decide to be dumb teenagers and create our own Ouija board just in case. Myself, Ryan, and Blake, as well as one of our friends, Kyle, were the only ones that participated as Xander and Kevin absolutely would not have anything to do with it and were actually quite pissed that we did it anyway. Before we started playing, I explained the rules to everyone. The whole, keep your fingers on the planchette until you say goodbye. If it starts repeating letters or moving in a figure eight, immediately say goodbye, etc. I'm going to call time out from this because I'll be honest. I didn't know there was a set group of rules. Well, it's sold as a board game. It's totally sold as a board game. Um, Most of my life, I have had a Ouija board under my bed. Okay. <laughs> um, Why? There, I, I don't. I wanted a Ouija board and I got one. I was like 10 or 11. And the most logical place to keep it seemed like under the bed. And I just went with it. And now that's where it lives. It's under the bed at my parents' house right now. Oh my gosh. My mom's going to be like, there's a Ouija board under the bed in there? <laughs> Why don't you put it under your own bed? Jeez. (laughs) I have only played with a Ouija board one time, and it was years and years and years ago. I would do it again, though. I would do it again. I've only played with it a few times because nine times out of ten, most of my ultra-Christian friends were too scared to play with it. Of course they were. So I was kind of like, well, it just lives under the bed, and I take it out every now and then and remind myself that it's a board game with a piece of plastic, but, you know... So anyway, I just wasn't aware that there was like 
a very specific set of rules, except for like, don't move the thing. You just like lightly place your hands on it, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So if I'm going to play with it, now I have to look up to find out if I'm missing other rules. <laughs> I don't want to do it wrong. Okay. She says, so we started playing. Three candles lit around the top in a triangle. Nothing much happened. Just a few random letters here and there. Until all of a sudden, it decided to start moving in a figure eight. At the sight of this, Blake completely loses it and takes his fingers off the planchette, stumbling back and away from the table. I, of course, was mad as I'd explained the rules and how important they were, even if the house wasn't haunted at all. After we'd all calmed down, we laughed it off and went to bed. Kyle spent the night in the music room on the couch. It's important to note that from the couch in the music room, you could see directly into the half bath that was on the other side of the front door. We all laid down, passed out, and that was that. Until 3.30 a.m. when we heard the front door slam and Kyle was gone. Confused, Ryan called him and asked why he up and left in the middle of the night. Kyle was completely freaking out, saying he would never be spending the night there again. According to Kyle, he'd fallen asleep and had a dream where he was sitting at one end of a long oak table. Confused, he looked around and saw that at the other end of the table, there was an old, decrepit version of himself. Before Kyle could react or say anything, the old Kyle slams his hands on the table and stands up screaming. No words, just a deep, guttural scream. Kyle wakes up startled enough to sit straight up, and as he does, he looks straight into the mirror in the bathroom. In the reflection, he sees himself as an old decrepit man behind him, smiling. Wait, he sees himself as well as an old decrepit man behind him, smiling. Mm -hmm. I misread that the first time. I was thinking he saw himself, like he saw his reflection as what he saw on the other side of the table. Yeah. But he saw what was on the other side of the table behind him. Either way, mirrors are creepy. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Okay, this freaked all of us out a bit, but we brushed it off as a, we played a creepy game and it's just what was in his head when he fell asleep. However, things got worse. A few weeks later, I was standing at the top of the stairs in Kevin's bedroom door talking to him. He and I were the only ones home at the time. I felt someone brush up against me and I turn around to see what looked like the silhouette of Blake turn past the banister and walk into his bedroom. Being all goofy and sweet, I yell, Blake's home, and Kevin and I run in to say hello. Blake was, in fact, not in his room and hadn't even come home. Again, this creeped us out, but we were able to brush it off. This is when the undeniable began. One night, Ryan had come downstairs and walked into the kitchen. He saw me at the fridge digging for something to eat. He asked, what are you doing? And I responded with a casual, just looking solid because sometimes you just have to shop through the fridge <laughs> you do I do the same thing also I go back just to make sure there's nothing else that I missed right. I didn't miss something that was really good that I actually want yeah <laughs> uh, he continued to our room but noticed the back porch light was on he opened the back door and there I was smoking a cigarette I remember being so confused as to why he was freaking out I had been out back the whole time the last straw was one night that I was home alone 
I had gotten off work and all the boys were still out having dinner. I text Ryan to let him know that I was taking a shower and he said they'd be home in about 30 minutes. The bathroom door was at the top of the stairs immediately on the landing. I closed the door, got in the shower, placed my phone on the edge so I could listen to music. About five minutes into my shower, I hear someone outside the bathroom door say, Adrian. This startled me, but I responded, yeah. Adrian. The voice was deeper now, almost like my response was enough for it to know something. And I tried again. What? Adrian. At this point, it was angry. I could feel hatred from the tone and the volume. I immediately text Ryan asking if they were home. He responds back immediately. No, why? I tell him what's happening and he tells me, stay in the shower, lock the door. They're on their way. It takes them 10 minutes to get home. By the time Ryan busts the bathroom door in, I'm on the floor of the tub, rocking and sobbing. Up until the moment he busted that door in, the voice had been chanting my name angrier and louder over and over. Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Ooh, that one gave me chills. That one gave me chills, too. Also, Adrian, so well written. Thank you. Yeah, it really was. I know that there's this whole conventional wisdom about Ouija boards and whatever, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure that that's that much different than any other form of communication. Right. It's not like a special type of magic. It's just not. I'm um, sure I'm sure somebody's going to have something to say about that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you can hit us up. We don't give a shit. Go ahead. Okay, so this story is from Elizabeth. <clears throat> and she says, I live in an area where there's tons of UFOs by the most literal definition. I've also experienced tons of supernatural paranormal things growing up. So plenty of stories. I'll thread a couple as I write them out for some of the folks here looking for spooky stories. One time, probably seven years ago, I was at a beach in the evening with my then partner and a friend. We were a ways out from the city where there was less light pollution and we were enjoying the stars and the beach. Completely out of the blue, we saw a light that we thought was a plane or a satellite and then it just started going back and forth sharply. It then got super bright and just disappeared. I was very rattled. The same thing happened a few years after that experience when I was visiting my mom. We were on her rooftop patio near the U.S.-Canada border. Oh, my God. I bet that's beautiful. I was going to say, that sounds delightful. <sighs> wow. She was then left shaken, as was I, and I was up the whole night. So, I guess that's her second. Yeah. Like, like experienced yeah. the same thing. About five or six years ago, I was asleep with my partner in bed beside me when I woke up and I couldn't move. I want to put a disclaimer. Okay, yeah, I want to put a disclaimer. I can't figure out if this was sleep paralysis or an encounter, but it was terrifying. Uh, she doesn't really say what the disclaimer's for, but... um, I think she's just saying she realizes that it could be sleep paralysis. Like, oh, okay. she's 100% saying, like, this was absolutely an encounter as opposed to sleep paralysis. She's just saying she's not sure. Okay. That makes sense. I was in bed. I woke up frozen to a few shadow figures with the standard gray ET head and body shape, and it just stared at me. I kept trying to move and wake up my partner, but all I could do was just lay there helpless. I tried to stay awake, but as one of them moved their hand, I lost consciousness. When I woke up again, it was morning, but that was 
really scary. Um, growing up in 2002-ish, my sister and I's room was facing this park and museum, the historic McKay Avenue School and Arch- Archives and Museum. Periodically, we'd see apparitions walk in the windows, and once in the summer when we all went down there to enjoy some live music being played, we, my mom, sister, and I went inside to explore. I'd never been inside at this point after living nearby for a year. As we all go upstairs, we hear the clicking of heels on a granite floor behind us, but nobody was there. As soon as we turn around back to the church scene with a bunch of sitting wax figures, one begins to fidget and move. Odd. I feel like somebody was fucking with y'all. Yeah, right? We think that it's a person, so we call out to it. Then it, appearing as a male, turns around and grins before just disappearing. It was terrifying for two small children, so we all ran out, and maybe an hour later, we went back up, and that figure was definitely wax because we came back to investigate. It was all bizarre. That is bizarre. I still kind of feel like somebody was fucking with you. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) Um, It's crazy that I beg the universe to show me UFOs. (laughs) I'm like, let me see one. So she's seen like three. Yeah. And I mean, I can't. um, It is what she's saying about the, the sleep paralysis, you know, the possible, you know, possible sleep paralysis, possible encounter. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of the, the catch on those things because. Yeah. You don't know. The experiences are so similar that it's kind of hard to know. I, I'm, I, I hesitate to even say like I'm, I'm a hundred percent knock on wood like somebody's granny. I've never had a sleep paralysis episode, and I really would rather not. I, it ter- That's probably one of my biggest fears is to have sleep paralysis, or even just an episode. I'm weak. I, I mean, I think I think once if if you have it and you know you have it. Like, if it's something that you deal with periodically, I don't ne- necessarily think it gets less scary, but at least you're kind of, like, you know, like, some part of you is like, okay, this is, this is the thing that's happening. At least, I know, I know one person who's like, now when I have it, like, I'm aware yeah, as it's happening that that's what's happening. She's like, I still can't move. I still can't do anything. But I'm like, I know that it's sleep paralysis and I'm going to wake up and it's going to be fine. We should do an episode on sleep paralysis because I don't know much about it. We definitely should. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that was fun. That was like three little mini or four little mini stories in one. Yeah, and I, I definitely think it's interesting that people who, like you're saying, you you want to see a UFO. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that people who see them tend to see them more than once. Yeah. I've always thought that is strange. And people that claim to be ab- abducted, mm-hmm. um, it happens more than once. Usually, yeah. typically. Yeah. If they're not lying about it. I don't, I mean, I know people lie about things. But of all the things to lie about, like, people look at you like you're crazy if you say you've been abducted. Yeah. Of all the things to lie about, I just feel like that's, like, not high on most people's list. Yeah. That's why, do you know much about the first video um, of Bigfoot, about the two guys that Mm -hmm. taped it in the 50s? I know a little bit about it. And I I mean, I know that he, the person who 
I know that it's now basically considered to be a hoax, but I also know that the person who took the video genuinely never like always claimed that it was a hundred percent real and he never got anything out of it except for ridicule. Yeah. Well, there were two of them and one of them didn't even want to be involved anymore. So he sold his story or whatever for $10. Yes. But, and yeah, so people were claiming it was a hoax. It was a person in a gorilla suit because it was grainy. I mean, we've all seen this video. The family there, one of the two of them's family claimed it was a hoax, but then. Yeah. One of them, when they died, the family said it was a hoax, but people have come forward recently and they've done all this like enhancement on the video and you can see muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And, And they did a comparison of like height and that thing is seven foot tall. My thing about Bigfoot is I don't understand why it's so difficult to believe. Yeah. I mean, new species are identified all the time. I think a lot of it is taboo. Like you, you are looked at like you're a little bit off the rocker. If you think like aliens or Bigfoot, it's becoming more accepted for sure. True. I'm just fascinated. I mean, because to me, alien, I mean, one, I think it's a lot harder to believe that there's nothing else in the universe than it is to believe that there absolutely is. But at least that takes like, you have to accept that there are things outside of our planet. Bigfoot, all you have to do is accept that there's a species of some type of ape, probably, that we haven't been able to categorize yet. Yeah, they, they're they identifying finding... new things all the time. Yes, exactly. They identified a brand new animal that they had never in- encountered before in 2016. They literally, there are literally hundreds of new species identified every year. Yeah, so it's I. super common. And on top of that, how many giant squid stories were considered to be completely cryptid stories mm-hmm. until they were like, oh, hey, Here's a giant squid <laughs> that looks exactly like the stories that we've been saying were fake. <laughs> Shocker, there's a real giant squid. Yeah, so I am I believe in Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot is real. I don't pretty much I mean cryptids I feel like any kind of any cryptid that has a a decently long history of mm-hmm. sightings. Yeah. People are seeing something. Yeah. For sure. I saw a video the other day of um, what someone claimed to be a skinwalker and people were immediately dismissing it like, oh, it's just photoshopped and blah, blah, blah. But we also have to accept the fact that, yes, yes, it might be photoshopped, but people have cameras and video like they have them right there. So we're Mm going to eventually start to see something. It's not like it was. I mean, that's that's the like, I don't even skinwalkers are fucking creepy man mm-hmm. like i don't that i will pretty much scoff at almost anything and be like it's really nothing to worry about i'm not fucking with those things no i think you or i i tagged you or you tagged me on tiktok and that one of the guy he has his like ipad up to his back door and it's completely dark and then you just see this white like yeah shadowy um figure and i mean that gave me fucking chills because it, the Here's way it what, What's messed up about that one for me is how long it took me to see it. 
Yes, exactly. Because there was like a white light or something in the yeah, background. Yeah, I couldn't tell what I was looking at. And that, and then I start questioning, like, am I seeing something because I'm looking for something? Well, once it gets closer, you can see it, I think. I don't, th- that's when I start, like, like, am I creating, like, is this, is this the phenomena where your brain is trying to fill in space? And you're looking for something, so then you see something that you think is supposed to be there. I don't know. <laughs> okay, you do. I know human brains are weird. And there's so much we don't know about the human brain. Just like so much we don't know about the ocean. <laughs> yeah, look, anytime there's like, is there something, is there something mysterious that wants to eat you in the ocean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Those things are all real. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting so off topic, but I just have to tell you this real quick because I'll forget. I don't know how or why I'm seeing so much about Antarctica lately, but I've been seeing these um, soldiers like coming forward saying that there's a inner earth um, opening in Antarctica. And I'm just like, "Ah, I want to believe you, bro. I want to believe you, but I need the evidence. (laughs) I've Google Earth, Antarctica, and I don't see shit. It's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, given that we're apparently going to keep melting all of the ice on this planet. We'll find out. We're going to discover all sorts of shit. We may not discover it all that long before we manage to uh, eradicate ourselves from the planet. But (laughs) Okay, so this story is from Mal. She, I think she, says, they say, there you go. Uh, Pigman is a little wooden carving that we found in our first apartment during our move-in. First he was most definitely... Pigman. No. Pigman. I hate that. Pigman. It kind of makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of American Horror Story. Oh, I- Okay, yeah, okay, I can see why it does, but um, we'll, we'll, we're, we're going to change your mind about okay. Pigman. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. He was most definitely not there when we did our showing. The landlord disclosed to us that someone had died there, but that we shouldn't worry about it. Because, of course, what else are they going to say? We kept the little wooden statue by our front door, and I would greet him when I came in or apologize if I hadn't been home for a bit. We had friends that wouldn't get near him because they swore he was haunted, but he and I always got along, I guess. There was only one incident in that apartment. My partner was gone for the weekend, so I was by myself. The stairs to the second floor were right past Pigman. When I went to go upstairs, where there were no lights or windows, so if the doors to the bedrooms were closed, it was pitch black. I heard a thump, and what I swore was a voice. Obviously, I'm not going to go upstairs if I hear that. But that's where my bed was, so I grab a kitchen knife and start going up the stairs. As I pass the shelf where Pigman is, it's almost like I pass through a cold spot. I stopped in my tracks, literally sweating with dread. It was like I knew that if I went upstairs, I was going to die. I've never been so scared in my entire life, and it was as soon as I passed Pigman. So I turned around, thanked Pigman for stopping me, and slept on the couch the entire weekend. Every time I looked at the dark stairwell, I was filled with an intense dread. My partner eventually came home and checked upstairs for me, and there was nothing up there. 
but they say they felt the same cold spot and kept going anyway because I was so freaked out. We moved out soon after, but I couldn't go downstairs to the bathroom at night by myself anymore. The same dread would absolutely overwhelm me. When we moved, I was going to leave Pigman on the shelf, but I'd grown attached to the little guy. I asked him if he wanted to come with us, and I left for the day. Somehow, he got into one of the bags I don't really use and ended up coming with us to our new apartment. When we moved out of that one into our house, he came with us too. He currently lives on our shelf of haunted things, and I like to think of him as a little protector. He now has two little pig statues with him. That's actually a really good story. I thought so. I was like, aw, pig man, good job. Yeah. Although, (laughs) I don't know how she slept on the couch knowing... I would just freak out as soon as I close my eyes. I, okay. So this is where I would be a hundred percent sure that it's someone in the house. Yeah. Which worries me way more than something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like people, (gasps) people are the thing to be afraid of. (laughs) You know, there's so many stories about people finding out that people are like living in their attics or. Dude, that is the, the first time I saw a story about that. And there was video. Mm-hmm. Was it the one at the guy's apartment in New York where the girl lived above the doorway? Yeah. I think it was. was. Yeah. That one creeped me she out. Was I also- like, okay, so here's the thing that this is just, I'm going to go ahead and just give you all this little tidbit of information about me. I'm going to wait till Caroline finishes drinking that because she's going to laugh at me. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I am 100% freaked out by the same things that freak out Japanese people. Which is the same, whatever. I don't even oh. know. It, I don't even know if it's like a quality of scare. I don't even know. But the ring legit oh. creeped me out. Yeah, I guess what I guess I get what you're saying. Like I don't want to say I'm scared of Japan. But no, <laughs> everything no, Japan. It's just like Jap- the things like Japanese horror has a very. It has a very specific quality to it. Mm-hmm. I don't and, really know and it freaks me it. out way more than, like, standard issue American horror, which I generally laugh at, sometimes oh in the theater, God. which really annoys other people, by the way. <laughs> You're so right, though. Like, that is extra, extra scary. There's something about it, except I know people that thought the ring was, like, laughable, and it <laughs> creeped me out. Did you ever see the, I'm pretty sure it took place in Japan, it was it involved film, like pictures. And Shutter? I can't... Shutter, yes. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Is that the... Oh, it's like a 15-year-old. I was going to say, I don't want to spoil it, but it's like a 15-year-old movie. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> It's been out a while. <laughs> hold your ears or something. It's the one with uh, Joshua Jackson. Uh, I don't know That's who that same is. Same one? I don't know who that is. What's he, what else is he in? You do know who he is. Um, Look it up. Hold on. He was in Fringe. I don't know if you ever watched that. He was, I mean, what I know him from, you guys know him from, he was on Dawson's Creek. I do know who he is. Oh, it's got the guy from The Office in there. Um, I want to watch this now. Like, it's been a long time since I've watched this. Is it Shudder? Is that the right one? It's Shudder. Okay, yeah. And it's the like where he finally takes a picture and the girlfriend that he is like on his back. Yes. Yes. That movie creeped me the hell out. Too. Um, God, that's a good one. 
Not as much as the ring, because the end of the ring, when you're like, okay, we followed, we followed all the horror rules. So everything's going to be okay now. And then she tells the kid, she's like, I, I, I set her free. And he's like, you what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was the ring the one where they were in the, the Japanese house and it was like climbing the stairs like this? Or was that the ring? No, that's the grudge. The grudge, yeah. That one's creepy too. That one was creepy too. Um, the ring is the one with the the girl in the well. Yeah. In the video that you you know you, if you watch it, yeah. Yeah. It really it legit creeped me out, and I I will watch almost like I've gotten to the point that. I have laughed. I have legitimately laughed at movies that other people were freaked out by. Um, I, li- I literally I just... laughed at one of the Paranormal Activity movies in the theater out loud. Oh, see, I am a sucker for like, those movies. Death stares. I was like, sorry, it was a reaction. <laughs> I love those movies. I know they're fake, but I love them. The, the first, first one, one, when it... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I I just looked up Japanese psychological thrillers because I'm gonna try and watch some of them. They're so creepy, and I don't I don't I'm not sure what the difference is. It's just a quality, and maybe it's just the fact that it doesn't follow the rules that we've become like you you know you kind of get used to this set of rules. Yeah. And they don't follow the rules. No. Japanese, um, Japanese horror is very creepy to me. I still haven't watched, isn't, I think there's one, I think it's just called Mirrors. Oh, I don't know. It's a hard pass on that one. I'm not watching that. (laughs) Um, I like any kind of like haunted movie. Did you ever see The Suicide Forest? It's not Japanese. You did? It is one of my favorite. Well, it's It's in Japan. Oh, really? I believe so. Man, that I'm was like a good one. I'm like 97% sure it's a Japanese director. It's definitely, I mean, it's set in that, in that. Uh, Is it called Suicide Forest? It's called, I think it's called The Forest. Forest, yeah. Yeah. I We did it, uh, was Ariana and I? Might have just been me. I did an episode on this. I was going to say, I know you talked about it. Um, And that forest, I can't ever think of the name of it. Um, that movie was super creepy. Yeah. It definitely had that Japanese horror yeah. element to it. Ooh. Okay. Super creepy. <clears throat> I'm going to do mine. Okay. This is from Erin, and I don't know if it's a she, he, or they. Um, I have no paranormal experience, but my dad has the sixth sense. He's seen multiple ghosts, and there's one that sticks with me. My parents were in Savannah, Georgia for their anniversary, and they were just getting ready to leave a restaurant late at night. My dad left the building before my mom to wait outside for her, and he heard weird crying coming from behind him. He turned around and saw a woman in a tan dress sitting on a bench crying, holding a bouquet of flowers. He started to approach her and ask what was wrong, but then my mom left the restaurant and called my dad's name. He turned around for a split second to look at my mom, then turned back around to the other woman right after. She was completely gone, nowhere to be seen anywhere in that area, and they definitely looked. 
Savannah is notoriously haunted, so we all think he saw another ghost there. The first ghost he saw also sticks with me. He was like four years old and living in South Africa, and he woke up from a bad dream in the middle of the night and tried to go to his parents' room. He couldn't, though, because there was a tall, all-white and translucent woman floating in the doorway to their room. He was even more scared by that than the dream. I'm sure you can imagine. So it's a little short, but creepy. So creepy. I mean, the one in Savannah is less creepy because... I mean, it's Savannah. It's Savannah. Savannah. I've never been to Savannah. It's one of my. It's one of the places. It's on my short list of places I desperately want to go. My brother and his girlfriend lived there for a year. They liked it. I have watched Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil one too many times, and I absolutely want to go to Savannah. I'm not going to pretend to know what you're talking about. It's so good. You know, I told you what kind of movies I like. I either like stupid like stoner movies rich and i just watched grandma's boy for like the billionth time on friday night have you ever seen grandma's boy i don't like stupid stoner movies oh no i don't like them at all pineapple express is my favorite (laughs) well it's not my favorite movie but it's my favorite i've never seen it although i do have a very specific policy about watching anything that james franco is in so I would watch that, even though it's probably not my thing. I, I would mean, still it's, do it. It's dumb, but Seth Rogen is probably one of my favorite actors and people. So, I mean. I So, my mom does not really see much difference in, in types of dumb comedy. So, for her, that kind of movie and, like, Monty Python is the same thing. <laughs> but it is not for me because those kind of movies don't entertain me. But I will laugh my ass off at some Monty Python. <laughs> Well, I mean, to each their own, like... It's just, I I mean, I definitely... If it's going to be dumb, it has to also be dark. Well, I mean, Pineapple Express is kind of dark. There's murder. I feel like I actually might like Pineapple Express. It's just not one I've ever seen. It's Midnight different from... The of Good and Evil is... um. Well, it's based on a true story. Yeah. So, there's an scary? element of... Uh, not really, although... There is a, there is a, um, there's an element of suspense. There's a murder. Mm -hmm. There's an element of suspense. And there is a, there is this one shot that was so well done that it's, I like, I can, it sticks in your head and it's a little creepy, but it's the overall, the story is not particularly creepy. Um, because we're talking about movies and like ghosts and creepy shit, you know, the movie, uh, three men and a baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what do you think, you know, the ghost and the little it's boy a cardboard cut out of Ted Danson hands down. No question. Not a ghost. Oh my God. Well, I have to watch it again. <laughs> um, I've investigated that one pretty thoroughly and I'm convinced that they did that on purpose. And I'm like 90% sure that that's what that is. If it's not Ted Danson, it's still a cardboard cut out of something. It does. When I'm looking it at it, it really like does. It looks like Ted Danson. It does, yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. Um, You're like, did you just ruin that for me in one sentence? <laughs> well, my dad, so I've seen the movie multiple times. But my dad, like, brought it up not too long ago. And I was like, well, let me, like, look into it. 
it really because it's like one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go look at it now, like at the time, it was all VHS, and like yeah. you had to like rewind and pause and rewind and pause, and don't think I haven't done that because I did when that was a, when that whole thing first came out. And then it came up again not too long ago. I saw something about it. I'm like, I want to look at that again now that we can just digitally, like, frame by frame this. Well, now totally I know. But that's what that is. Whew. Um, I think that's, I mean, like, that's four stories. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah. I can, we can read one. How long? Where, where are we? We're like we're a. Right out just under an hour. Yeah. So. Do you want to read one more? Yeah. I've got okay. one more. Yeah. Do it. I've already got it, like. In the right spot and everything. Is it Paula? I think so. Well, I had it in the right spot and everything. Oh, no. This is... Okay, so she says... She says, you may be looking for funny, lighthearted stuff. This is not that, but it is my paranormal experience. So I'm just going to preface this by saying it's kind of a sad story. But, Paula, I really hope you hear this because I I, I have commentary after I read this. Oh, okay. She says... In 1996, the truck my husband was riding in was hit by a semi. He died instantly. It was the first in a line of devastating events that spread themselves out over the next four months. For several more months, I was a zombie, just putting one foot in front of the other. It was all I could manage. After months of confusion, crushing chaos, and consternation, I packed up what was left of my world and moved a thousand miles away. I was suffocating and needed to escape. Listen, I'm a big believer that wherever you go, there you are. But it gave me a moment to breathe. No longer was I met with sympathy or concern by friends and family every time we met. There wasn't a memory waiting around every corner to bring me to my knees. And I started over and started to heal. And then. One morning in 2003, I woke up sobbing uncontrollably. I felt an overwhelming sadness that I could not explain. I laid in bed for hours like that. I finally pushed myself up and went into the kitchen, filled a glass of water, took a drink, and was crushed by a physical weight around my chest. I slid to the floor, unable to move. I couldn't breathe, and then I felt him. He was there. I couldn't see him. I couldn't touch him, but I could feel him. And all I could feel was his despair, his heartbreak, his helplessness. This lasted for hours, and then just as quickly as he came, he was gone. I didn't tell a soul for a long time, and when I did, it was a cautionary tale. Be careful what you wish for warnings. I had, I had spent years wishing for a sign, something to know he was still there, begging anything, just to feel him close. This was not that. This was horrible. It was traumatizing. I was left right back at square one with my grief. I couldn't understand. I was angry. I had just started to find some peace. Why? Why was this happening? I was so angry. It wasn't until months later that I discovered one of his sons from a previous marriage had died in a car crash that day. I'm an atheist. I can't explain it, but it happened. It was real. And I don't think I will ever completely recover. Wow. So first... I 100% don't believe that you have to have any kind of religious belief mm-hmm. to also believe in spirits, ghosts, yeah. afterlife, whatever. Second, while I totally understand how that was traumatizing for her, 
it also says he's always there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's always there. But you couldn't, you don't normally feel him because he's there to support you. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, he needed the support. Yeah. So like, Mm -hmm. while I totally understand and I'm not in any way trying to minimize how that must have felt at the same time, there's something comforting about the knowledge that like he could have, he could have reached out at any time, mm-hmm. but he didn't do that until it was like a, I, I, I have to have the support. And that's what he was still looking for. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there are other little signs. So. <laughs> it's, it's dinner time. She's telling me. Of course. She's like, hello. <laughs> um, that is such an awesome. I mean, I hate that she had to go through all that. I but. Hate, yeah. I mean, I hate that it made her feel sad yeah but it also sounds like first of all it sounds like she's probably sensitive Mm -hmm. to people's emotions anyway yeah but I mean I feel like ask for something specific Mm -hmm. and I did that the other day I did it work I know you've watched so I haven't watched that show yet I haven't watched surviving death yet oh I haven't finished it I keep crying (laughs) I really think that's what put me in my my spiral last week. Because <laughs> um, I feel I feel people's pain immensely. Like, I don't know. I just, an animal's pain. Oh, my God. Can't even talk about it. Um, and I just desperately want to talk to my grandpa. Like, my papa. We were very, very close. And it's been, it was in 2016 that he passed. So, I mean, it's, what, how many years is that? Five, six, five, yeah. And I feel like I saw him that one night. I think I told you and Abby about Mm -hmm. that. And so I just like sat at my desk. I turned the show off and I just sat at my desk. And I felt so stupid talking out loud because I'll say stuff in my head. But I was like talking out loud and I like was sobbing. I was like, I just, I'm not even going to say what I said because it was just like rambling. What I asked for was this light on my desk. I was like, show me like with the light, show me something. And I mean, I think my mind was just playing tricks on me because, like, the littlest of flicker. But I was like, no, it's not enough. It's not enough. I need more. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's a feeling more than anything else. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, she was, it sounds like she was asking for something big and she got it, even though it wasn't the thing she was looking for. But I just, I feel like there were probably a lot of other little things that maybe was like the light on your desk. Like it wasn't necessarily enough to be like, okay, got it. That's what they talk about in the show surviving death. You need to watch it. It's really good, but they talk about watching it. She's like, you're going to love this. Like, yeah, I mean, I would love like a big sign, but I know what you mean when you're like, talking about just a feeling because Mm -hmm. it's been five years and I mean, he was older. It's not like it was sudden. He was in his nineties. I just feel that I think about him so much that he has to be like here. Like I wouldn't think about him as much as I do just randomly. He'll pop into my mind. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like a thing. He has to be somehow. The other question is, you know, 
are you creating that energy? Yeah. Or, or your thoughts creating that and like, you know, the whole idea that, you know, people who you love don't ever leave you because they're a part of you. Yeah. And that's definitely true. But like, if you are actively think, you know, conjuring that person in your memory, are you actually like creating their energy around you? I don't know the answer. I mean, obviously, I don't know if that's possible, but I mean, yeah, I don't know that it's not possible either. There's so much about that that's unknown. Laws of attraction are definitely, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's why when you start thinking about, you know, the worst possible scenario in a situation, like don't think that stuff out loud yeah. because you're creating like more likelihood that that's what's going to come to you. Yeah have to be manifesting the positive shit, not the negative shit. For sure. I learned that the hard way. I'm a, I was, a, I still am kind of a negative, like, I don't know. I'm a negative person, but I'm trying to be like more positive and manifest happy things instead of deep spirals into depression. <laughs> I definitely have a tendency for my brain to like, start like calculating, like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? Mm. But I have to, I mean, I make a point to be like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Like, get get all the negative out of your brain. Like, it's not doing any good. That's my, apparently, I don't really remember this. My great, my great-grandmother died when I was like four or five. Yeah. But um, her saying, which I have always, it's like kind of my mantra, is yeah. don't borrow trouble. Yeah. Like, you're, you're going to get enough. There's no reason to, like start trying to solve problems that don't exist yet. I'm going to tell myself that every time I don't, think of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good, it's a really good little, like, don't borrow trouble. Like, is this really a problem I need to solve today right now? No, it's not even a problem yet. And it probably won't be a problem. And Quit thinking about it. It won't be a problem. <laughs> Definitely oh, true. I oh. love, I love, love, love listener stories. Me too. Thanks so much for sending all those, you guys. Y'all are the best. Yeah, and we have a lot more, but we want even more. We want them all. We want all of your listener stories. Um, I am going to get off there so I can like shower and do laundry and stuff. You were supposed to do your laundry before, ma'am. Uh, I got home and immediately <laughs> sat at my desk. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> I felt so bad. You saw that post earlier. <laughs> you were like, I was um, like ma'am. <laughs> We're doing this. (laughs) I was like, I'm looking at you. We're doing this. Thank you so much for the continued support. Please find and follow us at Wild and Woke Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash Wild and Woke Podcast. If you're looking for bonus content, early episode releases, and free merch, find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Wild and Woke Podcast. If you have any weird, creepy, or wow, I can't believe this fucking happened moments, please reach out because we want to share them. Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, all stories start somewhere. Be wild, stay woke, and question everything. Okay. Thank you for dealing with me and changing no. your schedule around. No problem at all. Go okay. do your laundry. I will. Bye. Okay. <laughs> Bye.